Hey everyone, this is Craig Valentine from TribulusTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. Here was some great news. Uh, first of all, we have our seven-day fat loss call that we're going to go through some really cool stuff. Uh, I got some interesting research, got some exercises not to do, and we're going to go over the perfect TT workout and got you know, your regular quote and research review and all that stuff. Um, now, the good news is that Transformation Contest number nine starts this week, so I hope that you are ready and interested in being in the contest. It can start Sunday, September the 5th, and your last day to enter for the full 12 weeks is on Saturday, September 18th. Now, remember, there's also going to be a six-week contest here, and so you can enter and join both contests, or you can just do the six-week contest, or you can just do the 12-week contest. It's up to you. Obviously, if you do the six-week contest, you're going to have great results and want to keep that going. The contests are also open to anyone, so you don't have to be a member of Turbulence Training. You do have to use Turbulence Training workouts, but there are a lot of workouts out there that are available for free. The last thing I want to mention is that even though a lot of people out there can use the workouts without being a member, typically what we find, I would, well, there was three out of four of our last winners were heavy users of the forum for social support. So I highly recommend that you do get the program and you do become a member, and you do maximize the usage of the social support forum because you are going to lose fat when you get help from other people. All right, so let's get into this week's call. We're going to start with Monday, September the 6th, and our Transformation Tip of the Week, which is sponsored by my personal fan page, my CraigValentineFanPage.com page on Facebook. So, again, if you go to CraigValentineFanPage.com, you're going to go to my Facebook page where you're going to get a daily quote and motivational inspiration there. So I know you're going to like that. And so this week's quote that I posted really got a lot of great feedback, and it said, you must have a clear and concise personal philosophy about what you are willing to do and not willing to do. You must be clear in your own mind about your goals, and you must know that what you are willing to do to succeed. You must have a clear understanding about the consequences of your actions. And when you have all this in place, when you have this clear foundation for your behavior, then you're going to have a blueprint for success in your transformation. In addition to that mindset, you're obviously going to need the right workout. So we're going to take a look at one workout. This is from TT Hardcore 2K10. Now, this is an advanced program, but we're going to kind of play off last week's question, which was what is a perfect workout. I'm going to show you one of the most popular workouts of 2010 is this TT Hardcore program, and so we're going to go through one of the perfect workouts from it. So I I mentioned that the perfect workout is always going to start with a mobility bodyweight circuit. So in the Hardcore workout, you're going to do bodyweight squats for 10 reps. Then you're going to go and do a hamstring stretch called the leg swing, which has dynamic flexibility. Then you do something called a lateral lunge, stepping to the side, warming up the lower body, stretching through the groin area. Then you're going to do a prone stick-up, which is going to get your upper back started to warm up, followed by close grip push-up to get your pushing muscles warmed up. Then a one-leg RDL, which also hits that hamstring area for stretching, followed by a psoas stretch or a hip flexor stretch, kneeling stretch there. That's going to get an area where we're all chronically tight because of our sitting posture. And then you're going to finish that circuit with a chest stretch, 30 seconds per side. And so that, you're going to rest one minute and then go through that again, and you're going to be really ready to go for your warm-up. Now, that's even a lot of work for beginners. Now, that's why this is an advanced program, obviously. But that will really get you started so much better than walking for five or ten minutes on a treadmill. 
After that, we still need to hit some specific warm-up sets because we're going to go into a metabolic circuit of four exercises. And so what I want you to do is one set of 1A, which is vertical jumps, and just do one jump, just do like a light jump. Then you can do one set of dumbbell chest presses, which is exercise 1B, and you're going to do 50% of the regular weight that you're going to use in your regular sets, and you're just going to do five repetitions. Then you're going to move into 1C, which is dumbbell reverse lunges, and do a warm-up set using 50% of the regular weight and do five reps per side. So that's with reverse lunges. And now you're ready to go through metabolic circuit. Or sorry, you're going to do uh, one more warm-up exercise, and that's you're going to go to the second circuit and do pull-ups. And you do one to two pull-ups, and now you're ready to rest a minute and move on into the first metabolic circuit, which goes like this. Vertical jumps for three repetitions with no rest, into dumbbell chest presses of eight repetitions, no rest, into dumbbell reverse lunges, eight reps per side, no rest, and then stability ball plank for a 45-second hold. You're going to rest one minute, and you're going to repeat that circuit two more times for a total of three circuits. So we're into the, the second phase here of the perfect workout, which is metabolic resistance strength training. It can be supersets. Sometimes I put in circuits like we're doing in this one. Then we finish the perfect workout with interval training. So after we've done our metabolic circuit, the first one, we're going to go into our second one, and that starts with pull-ups. We're going to do two repetitions short of failure. So if you can do eight, stop at six. Then you're going to do dips, and you're going to do the same thing, two reps short of failure. If you can do 15, do 13. Then you're going to do dumbbell row, 12 reps per side. Then a cross-body mountain climber, 10 reps per side. And then a dumbbell rear deltoid raise, 10 reps. And so your upper back is really going to get this workout quite a bit as well as your lower body, and a little bit of your pushing muscles and a little bit of abdominals. Then you're going to finish this perfect workout with interval training. However, if you want to, if, you, if you're really spent after that resistance training, which you will be, you can save the interval training for the next day and alternate between resistance training and interval training. However, you can also do the interval training on this day, and you're going to do five-minute warm-up, then you do 24-second interval at an eight or nine out of ten intensity level, and then you're going to recover for 36 seconds at a 3 out of 10. So the best thing to do is, because you can't really do this on a treadmill, it's not safe, to try and go up 24 seconds and then 36 seconds. So the treadmills just aren't fast enough to get up to the proper speed. You can do it on a bike, you can do it on other machines, and you can also sprint outside or do um, you know, very fast jump roping if you're good at that, or you can do this with a kettlebell, 24 seconds of swings, followed by 36 seconds of recovery. But real key point here is make sure that you take that 36 seconds of recovery and exercise at a very low intensity, okay? So if you're sprinting, you walk. If you're on a bike, you decrease the resistance way down. We're not working hard in the recovery period. And you're going to go through that five more times in your first week for a total of six intervals. In week two, you're going to do seven intervals or seven more intervals for a total of eight. In week three, you're going to do a total of ten intervals. And in week four of this program, you're going to do a total of 12 intervals. So that is the perfect workout, workout A from TT Hardcore 2K10. We've gone over this program on the blog before, so you can check it out there. Now into Tuesday, we're going to do 30 minutes of fun activity, so an off day, or you can do those intervals, and then you're going to do this, we're going to take a look at our research review. And the title of this study is resistance exercise volume affects myofibrillar protein synthesis and anabolic signaling molecule phosphorylation in young men. So phosphorylation, sorry. 
So that's a lot of sciencey terms. But basically what uh, these guys are doing, and these, this study was done by my friends at McMaster University where I went to school, um, headed up by my friend Stuart Phillips, Dr. Stuart Phillips. Basically, there's been a debate for years about one versus three sets. You know, what is better for gaining muscle? And so what these guys did is they just looked at, take, took a look at one training session. So it's very important for you to understand. It's just one training session. It's not a 12-week program. So we do need to see some more research to figure out what's going to happen here. But what they did was instead of, you know, obviously you can't look at muscle growth. You know, your muscles aren't going to grow enough to measure after one workout. But they took muscle biopsies and looked at what happened inside the muscle cells with the actual chemical messengers and, and uh, the molecules that were going on, the signal molecules, to see what would increase more of the metabolic machinery for muscle growth one set or three sets. So here's what they did. They had eight young men, 24 years old, randomly assigned to a unilateral leg extension exercise. So they did 70% of their maximum 1RM to fatigue for either one set or three sets. And now here's why they do the studies like this. Because a lot of people will say, oh, that's not real world. That's not what people do in the real world. Well, listen, you can't really do real world stuff because there's so many variables. And so to eliminate the variables, they make sure that they do what are called within-subject studies. So that's why they do one leg and they compare it to the other leg, because now you can say, well, the person ate the same, and the person has the same genetics, comparing one leg against the other, so it's not like you have different genetics between the groups, and it's not like you have a different diet. And whatever they do, whatever activity they do in their off time, they're doing on both legs. So whatever you know, lifestyle and genetic factors are involved here that may have ended up with differences if you put eight guys in one group and eight guys in another group. Now you have controlled for all of those things in one study by having them do the single leg exercise. So what they did, they did two different occasions here. And so on one time, they would do the one leg, and they would either do one set to failure or three sets to failure. And then they'd come back another time and do the other thing. And so... After they did that exercise, they did this first thing in the morning in a fasted state. So they come in not having eaten since about 8 p.m. the night before. So by fasted, they mean about 12 hours. And they will do this workout, and then they'll give them protein, and then they'll take protein synthesis measures at 5 hours after eating, and then, again, 24 hours the next morning in a fasted state, and then another 5 hours after that. So they did measures for up to 29 hours after training about how much of the metabolic protein synthesis machinery changed from this training. And so what they found was after one set, the fed state muscle protein synthesis was increased. So after five hours, they found that one set of training increased the metabolic machinery, the protein synthesis, significantly compared to the fed state or to the fasted state. But what they found was it returned to resting levels after the 29-hour period. So the one set increased for five hours, but somewhere between five hours and 29 hours, it decreased to normal. Now, obviously, if you're taking muscle biopsies, you can't do this every hour. Uh, you just wouldn't get approved by the medical ethics committee. But that's what they found. Now, in the other leg, or the other condition, where they did three sets of training, they found that it was the metabolic machinery was increased not only at five hours, but still at 29 hours after exercise. So basically what they're finding here is that 
in fact, they concluded that the data suggests that three sets of resistance exercise is more anabolic than one set and may lead to greater increases in myofibrillar protein accretion over time, meaning if you do three sets, you're going to gain more muscle in 12 weeks than if you did one set. Now, let's be devil's advocate here and just say there's a lot of factors that are going to go into play, but it does give us this application. It makes sense that if you want to gain more muscle, you're going to do more volume. Is three sets the best? It seems to be better than one. What would have happened if they had done two sets or four sets? We don't know. All we do know is that the more volume increased the uh, muscle protein synthesis response, and if you want less, mu uh, less muscle, like a lot of women do, then maybe you should just do one or two sets, and that's it. So a lot of stuff to think about there. We do talk about that in a lot of the programs here at Turbulence Training. I've always given that advice to women. If you are worried about gaining muscle, cut back to one set, do more bodyweight exercises. And so, again, one, one last thing I want to mention is that they trained at 70% to failure. And so these guys are really interesting. I'm going to try and get an interview with Dr. Stuart Phillips because they've had a lot of uh, studies come out recently about uh, resistance training and muscle growth. Into Wednesday, we're not, I'm not going to do a workout here, but I do want to mention three overrated ab exercises. And I've talked about these here on the, on the podcast before. These exercises have been shown to increase stress on the lower back, and they give, well, one of them gives decent results, but the other two give questionable results. And so the three overrated ab exercises are one, sit-ups, because that can really tighten up your hip flexors, but also compress the discs in your spine. V-ups, where you're sitting on the end of the bench and you bring your knees up, uh, t up to you and kind of crunch forward. That also puts a lot of stress on the lower back. And then the classic flutter kicks, which for some reason I had to do recently, and I can't remember where I was. When I, oh, when I was traveling in Lithuania, my friend um, Simon made us do flutter kicks, but really very little benefit for the consequences, which is the negative consequences of the stress you're putting on your back. So avoid those exercises. I didn't uh, fight with Simon that day, but not necessarily an exercise I would ever recommend. If you want to get a flat stomach, though, and lose fat and use exercises which are scientifically proven to be safe and effective, then... Check out TurbulenceTrainingForAbs.com for the free report and workout there. And look for my Turbulence Training for Abs DVDs to be on sale next week. Okay, into Thursday. 30 minutes of fun activity. And now let's do our Facebook Q&A. And this is sponsored by my other Facebook fan page, my workout fan page, TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com. So if you go to Facebook and you look up Turbulence Training, you can join our fan page there. And every day I do at least one Q&A session where I'll take whatever questions you have and I'll answer them. Now, it's random and it's about 15 to 20 minutes long, but if you're on the Facebook page, you'll be alerted to when I'm doing these. And so the question came in from someone who said, I've lost some fat, but now I'm struggling. And, you know, we get this all the time from people. And they were, you know, wasn't, they weren't sure if they could do a transformation like they, they saw in our winners at transformationcontest.com. So I said to this person, first, be happy with your results. You are making progress. I get a lot of people who say, I'm only losing a pound a week. But that is good progress. And second, if you get a chance, I told this person, take a quick review of our contestants. You'll notice that for most of our big success stories, this was not their first attempt at success. It was their second, their third, their fourth, their 21st attempt at trying to transform. We've had people who have been trying to change for 20 years who finally 
put everything together and made it click. So it's just like how someone doesn't quit smoking without difficulty on their first try. It's like how a child just doesn't hop on a bike and start cruising around the very first time they get on it. There will be stumbles and stops and starts, but you're not going to quit, right? Of course you're not going to quit. No way. You're going to come back from the setback stronger than ever in round two, and I look forward to your success. All right, and Friday's uh, little tip here, again, we're not going to do a workout, but we're going to go through the three best tips I found from Men's Health September 2010 issue. And the first one is that they found in a research study that the best stability ball exercise for your abs is the stability ball rollout. So that one gave the most muscle activation. Next, they found that people eat 35% less when family-style meals are served away from the table. So that means, let's say you're having a big Italian meal and you, you bring out you know, bowls of pasta and, and dishes and, and you're putting them on the table where everyone can just you know, reach and grab and put whatever they want on their plate. Now, if you did the same thing, but you had a table off to the side where you had to get up and go and get your own food, they found that you'll eat 35% less if you do it that way, if you have to go and get your own food. Now, you're probably still going to eat too much, but you're not going to eat as much as if you had that within arm's reach. And that study comes from the same guys that did a lot of studies quoted in the book 59 Seconds, which is an interesting book. And basically, it just, it just tells you if the food is within arm's reach in your eyesight, you're going to eat it. So if you have junk, if you have food you don't want to eat, get it out of your eyes, eyesight, get it in opaque containers so you can't see it, put it in a place that's hard to reach. The harder you make it for you to get these foods, the harder or the, the less you will eat them, okay? All right, now into Social Support Saturday. 30 minutes, oh, sorry, what, there was one more thing from Men's Health, and that was if you really want to focus on your flexibility and stretching, you are going to be most flexible 12 hours after you wake up. Now, that doesn't mean you can't stretch at other times. I go for a walk first thing in the morning and stretch right after. But you are most flexible 12 hours after you wake up. All right, so social support Saturday, 30 minutes of fun activity, of course. And, you know, one thing you can do is you can go to the Turbulence Training blog and download the interview I did with Bill Phillips. So just go to ttfatloss.com and use the search button to find Bill Phillips and find the interview there. And then also go to his website, transformation.com, where you can sign up to get daily text messages from Bill, which are pretty good. And so he shared one today that I want to share with you. And he said, please remember to not be too hard on yourself. None of us are going to live a perfectly healthy life. Focus on progress, not perfection. And again, you can get those daily texts for free from transformation.com, whereas my site is transformationcontest.com. That's where you can join for free and join the next Turbulence Training Contest. All right, finally, we're into Sunday Plan, Shop, and Prepare Day. I want you to do your 30 minutes activity, get out to the grocery store, get your meals prepared for the week ahead, and here are five tips for avoiding eating at night that I want to share with you. First of all is to come up with a routine or rituals that end your eating. So I, I, I just found personally and with other people that if you're not eating – then, you know, it's not too hard not to overeat. But once you get in, once you start eating, then it's like you get into this phase where all you want to do is eat. You know, that's the thing. So once you, you know, go from having not eaten for a couple hours into eating, then that's all you can do. It's like my dog, once he comes home from his dog walk, all he wants is, you know, when he eats, that's all he thinks about is he's in this feeding frenzy. So how can you stop your feeding frenzy? 
And maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's brushing your teeth or chewing gum. Maybe it's just getting out of the house. Maybe it's avoiding sitting in front of the TV. Maybe it's doing knitting. Maybe it's doing something to keep your hands busy. Those are all of the things that you can do to avoid the feeding frenzy and avoid the nighttime eating. So set up some rules. That's what you want to do. So you want to get the routine and rituals. You want to get out of the house. You want to go for a walk. You want to chew gum. You want to brush your teeth. And you want to set up rules. Maybe you want to set up a rule that says no eating after 7 p.m. There's nothing magic about whether you eat after or before 7 p.m. except for the fact that if you've had all your calories by 7 p.m., you simply can't eat more and still lose fat. So maybe you set up that rule. Maybe it's 8 p.m. because you go to bed at 11, or maybe it's 6 p.m. because you go to bed at 9 p.m. I don't know what's right for you, but you want to set up that type of stuff so that you avoid that nighttime eating. I think there's a, a bunch of good tips in there that will help you. All right, and finally, next week, we're going to come back with another great call. I think this is another one of the best ones I've done. I really hope you got a lot of great information out of it. And we're going to come back next week with an old-school bodyweight workout from the six-month bodyweight manual. We're going to do a research review, a double shot, first on why French women don't get fat, and second, a very controversial, politically incorrect one about the attitudes towards obese people. This is a scientific study. They found that there is... Uh, obviously a bias towards obese people. We're going to talk about that next week because you really shouldn't ignore that. It's just another reason we need to get people healthier. And if you're obese, you have to understand what, you know, the biases that some people may be having against you. And we're also going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about healthy eating on the cheap. So we're going to come back with some very cost-efficient ways to eat the healthy food that you know you should be eating without breaking your budget. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week's call. Lots of tips in there. We're going to come back next week with another seven-day fat-burning coaching call to help you. Make sure you get signed up for the Transformation Contest at transformationcontest.com forward slash rules. Or even if you go to transformationcontest.com, you'll see the rules uh, link at the top. So get started, get burning fat, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.